All right. Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to the unbelievable breakfast in the class, um, Emmanuel Zara edition. Unbelievable. Rabotai, for those of you who were not, uh, who did not merit to be with us here this morning, um, you, you don't know what you missed. We had a, uh, a young man here who did a pidyon aben because uh, when he was younger, the pidyon wasn't done in exactly the way it needed to be done. So however many uh, decades passed, we don't ask a person how old they are, however many decades passed, you know, maybe 20, 20 years roughly, right? 20 years old, had that beautiful young single guy available, uh, you know, send your resumes to the rabbis. We all think of him like our own son. Bezrat Hashem will hook you up. Um, Emmanuel was he merited to be able to bring to bring to do the pidyon to redeem himself today, and I know this will open up floodgates of people who will realize that they never had a pidyon lahalacha, or maybe they never knew, or maybe their parents never knew, and they'll be able to fulfill this mitzvah relatively beautiful and easy way. It's a magnificent thing, and it's all going to be your zechut um, when the people listen to this class. And they'll hear out there and around the world about the idea that a person could be Podeh himself. Later on in life, they can redeem themselves for the five silver coins from a Kohen. A relatively easy, simple mitzvah. It's a very special mitzvah with tremendous zechut attached to it. Um, as well in the giving of the money of the coin. Besides for the, the actual fulfillment of the commandment, there's also tremendous beracha that comes, uh, comes from it. Um, so Rabotai, um, please, if you, if you have a few minutes... Stay with us to hear uh, what I would like to say maybe on the, in honor of the occasion of this great day. Breakfast in the class today is sponsored by Sunny Dua in honor of Sammy Sutton. Hazaku Baruch. Breakfast in the class dedicated in loving memory of Haron's mother, Angela Shohet. Alea Shalom Lilu Nishmat Onjel Bat Lulu. Sponsored by Shlomo Suisa. Hazaku Baruch. Breakfast in the class sponsored by Joel and Avi Oster. Dedicated in honor of their children and grandchildren. And as well, the week of Kobru, dedicated in loving memory of Sammy Sayed, Elu Nishmat Shalom Ben sponsored by his son, Isaac Sayed. But the deluxe breakfast today, the extra level, the Sammy Sutton delivered special from Brooklyn, okay? The deluxe breakfast is dedicated in honor of Rabbi Ariel Mizrahi, Rabbi Robinson, Rabbi Sherman, Rabbi Buchwald, and Rabbi Farhi for their support and guidance by, Rabbi, by Emmanuel Zara, who should be Hashem, also add the title Rabbi to his name, and then he'll, he'll be also be on that sign. Rabotai, our parasha begins with the words, Va'etchanan el Amunai. Moshe says, and I prayed to God, Ba'etahi, I prayed to God at that time saying, please let me into the land of Israel. He asks for what seems to be a very special uh, bakasha. God has already told him, you're not going in. That's it, done. This is where you're going to pass away. He's already told him as well, Yeshua is going to go in instead of him, right? It seems to be a done deal. But Moshe does not stop praying. Our rabbis tell us the numerical value of the word va'etchanan is 515 prayers. He prays 515 times to get into Eretz Israel, And at the end of the day, he still does not get in. Borei Olam says to him, don't ask me again. Our rabbis tell us that what God was saying is, if you ask me again, I'll have to say yes. But that's not what's best for you. It's not what's best for the Jewish people. First of all, just the idea that we could force God's hand with our prayers and Moshe chooses not to, but you can force God's hand, should teach you, well, I don't know if it's advisable or not, another question, but should teach you the power 
of a person's prayer, that a person, no matter how long they've been waiting for something, no matter how many times they've prayed for something, it's never too late. It's never too late. And my friends, sometimes many years can go by, but if something is supposed to happen and you've invested enough in that thing, you never say die until Borei Olam comes in and tells him no more. But until that stage, until something becomes impossible, as the Gemara calls it, a tefillat shav, we never stop praying for something. We never stop believing it can happen. And I want to share with you um, that this day actually reminds me of this concept. The idea of hanging on to a mitzvah even long beyond what some, person, some people might have thought was beyond its expiration date. It reminds me as well of a young couple who had, did a Chanukah Tabayit in their house. I did the mitzvah of Chanukah Tabayit. I explained what it was about. And uh, the in-laws heard everything that we said and they were like, oh, we never did a Chanukah Tabayit. You know, do you have to do it right when you move in? I said, no, if you didn't do it right when you, that's the ideal time. But even if you didn't do it right when you moved in, wonderful thing to do, to say thank you to Hashem that He blessed you with a home. So they said, you know what? So then we'll do it at our house next week. So one mitzvah gave birth to another mitzvah. I go to the house. I'm sitting down. We do the whole thing. I finish. I said, oh, so when did you guys move in? I know it wasn't just now. So he says, oh, let me get the papers. I don't know exactly the day. I'm thinking something's interesting now. Do you know when they moved into the house? 43 years before Rabotai. At that point in time, I was 42 years old. They had moved into the house before I was born. But it's never too late to say thank you. It's never too late to pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's never too late to jump on the bandwagon and do a mitzvah. And I want to share with you a story um, that my father reminded me of this week. A story that he personally was involved with from our community many years ago. There was a family that did not have children for many, many, many years. And eventually they realized that we're just, this is just not going to happen. All the, we keep, keep praying, we could do everything. But if Hashem doesn't want it to happen, it's not going to happen. They decided that they were going to do something else. A man came to my dad and he says to my father, he says, Rabbi, I need $2,000. My father says, why do you need $2,000? He says, please, I'm asking from the tzedakah fund of the synagogue, $2,000. My father says, well, what's it for? And he says, well, you know, I made some sort of a mistake. Something happened. And me and my girlfriend, she got pregnant. She doesn't want the baby. She's not covered for whatever reason. It's going to cost me $2,000 to get an abortion. My father says, Rohi. I'm not going to fund you getting an abortion from the money of the shul. We don't, you know, it's not, you're not allowed to do that. He says, but I have an alternate idea. He says, why do you want to get rid of the baby? He says, we were young and stupid. I can't afford it. My father says, I think I might have a solution for you. He called this fellow who he knew was trying to adopt, trying to find a Jewish baby. And he says, listen, there's a couple, they want to get rid of their baby because they can't afford. They came to me to ask me for money for the abortion. What if I told them that I had someone who would be willing to sponsor, to pay for the medical bills to bring the child all the way, materna, whatever the mother needs, delivery costs, whatever that is, you'll pay $1,000 a month uh, you know, to, to the synagogue, we'll give it to them on our, your behalf, and, and, and at the end of the time, the mother will be able to give you the baby, you'll give that baby a beautiful life. She'll know she did right by the child, she won't feel like she ended its life. You'll have the child that you've been waiting for. Perfect scenario. He says, okay. They sign a document. 
uh, ad hoc that they make with the mother and they go through the motions and everything's wonderful. $1,000 a month, $12,000, $15,000 later, whatever the full amount was, uh, including all the expenses, they come, they prepare the room in the house for the baby. Uh, they have all the, you know, the clothing, the thing, the, the cat. Hadad already knows what's going because Mark is a savvy businessman. Right? What happens? They turn up in the hospital on the day, ready to take the baby home. They put the baby in the mother's arms. By the way, that's actually something that they now know not to do in scenarios of, of adoption or foster care for, what, for the right reasons. Okay, Because the minute the baby got into the mother's arms, a bond was formed between the mother and that child. That's unbreakable. The mother says, the mother says, I don't know how to say this to you. I can't, I can't, I can't give you the baby. It's my baby. I'm so sorry that you paid all this money. I, I feel terrible. If I had the money to pay you back, I would pay you back. But we are where we are. I can't give you the baby. They go home. They're devastated. They're heartbroken. My father says, look, you know, maybe now instead of getting a baby, we'll do something else. We'll try and adopt a child, something, you know, an older child. You didn't get exactly what you wanted, but you still have so much love to give. They adopt a child that's not a baby, already a little bit older. It wasn't initially what they had in mind, but they give this child tremendous love and tremendous care. And then one day, the wife wakes up with stomach pains after not having a baby for 18, I think it was 18 years. She goes to the doctor, what's going on in my stomach? The doctor says, I think, I think you might be pregnant. She says, what are you talking about? It's impossible. We tried everything. We now stopped trying because they told us it's impossible. We adopted a kid. My friends, this woman, they gave birth to a baby after 18 years in the zechut of the mitzvah that they did. Don't ever write God out of the story. You never stop praying, you never stop hoping, you never stop dreaming. Of course you have to do everything that you can in your life to move forward. A person doesn't get stuck on something. But there's no point in time where we say, Avad tikvatenu, our hope is gone. The second lesson, Rabbi is va'et chanan. Our rabbis say the word et chanan, its root comes from the word chanan. That when you pray to God, you don't say, God, you owe me. God, I merited it. God, because I did this mitzvah, I own, you own, because Borei Olam owes you nothing. What he gives all day, every day, every breath, every beat of your heart, we can never pay him back in a million years. So our rabbis tell us, even the greatest tzaddikim, we only ever ask for something as matenat chinam, as a free gift from Borei Olam. That's the only way we ever ask for something. We say to Hashem, because of your kindness, because of your mercy, because of how much you love us, because of how much I'm going to do with this project, with this baby, with this money, right? Um, which brings us to the third condition in prayer. And that is that when a person is praying from God, depart from the Sidur. Again, I cannot say this strongly enough. When you are praying, depart from the Sidur. The Sidur was given to you as a box to be able to be a catch-all for all of the possible needs that any human being could need at any point in history. But that does not mean that you do not put your own feelings, emotions, and words into your prayers. In every Berakha and Amidah, there's a sentence that precedes the Berakha, right? 
right? Because you are a king who's a mighty redeemer. Before that pasuk, before that sentence that comes before the beracha, there's a space, and in that space, go wild. You want to say it in English? Say it in English. You want to say it in Spanish? Say it in Spanish. Whatever language you want. God understands all languages. Okay? Communicate with God. Persuade Him. Listen to the language that Moshe is using. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, says, you started to show me your greatness, your kindness. You showed me the land of Israel. Please, let me go into the land. Moshe knows that Yehoshua is the next leader. So he doesn't ask to go in and be the leader. He just says, let me pass through. You see, he's persuading God. He's making a deal with God. And I want to ask you a question. If you're a king, salesman, if you could sell Walmart, if you could sell Costco, and you know how to move the numbers up, move the numbers down, get the charge back up, get the charge back down. If you've negotiated with the toughest people on earth, negotiate with God. Tell Him why. Tell Him what you're going to do with it. That's a real conversation that's happening between Borei Olam and God. I love quoting the words of David HaMelech in Tehilim. When God, he asks God to keep him alive, he doesn't just say, Hashem, please let me merit to stay alive. He says, What could you want with my blood if I go down to the depths? Like, are you going to get more out of that deal than this deal? Like, is the earth going to give you praise? Right? Is the earth going to speak your truths? Like, it's better for you, Boreo, if I'm here. You know, you never thought of being a salesman with God, but you have to be a salesman. The only thing is, if you're not an honest salesman, at least be an honest salesman with God. But we see from these three ideas, number one, that a person prays and there's never, it's never too late and there's never too much. And sometimes, as we learn from Moshe Rabbeinu, sometimes the only thing that's missing is one more prayer. Could you imagine if you prayed for something your whole life and you get up to Shamayim and you find out, oh, you know what, you prayed 1,262 times and then you gave up. And if you would have done it 1,263, you would have had it. We'll beat ourselves up when we know the truth. Never stop praying for something. Unless that thing is, as we say, tefillat shav. You don't pray that you should have a baby boy after you already know that you have a baby girl. The Gemara says after 40 days, the gender of the child is already decided, so we stop praying because then you're praying for something that already exists and you're trying to change it. You know? But other than that, everything is on the table. Prayer can change anything and everything. I want to thank you, Emmanuel, for being a living example of this idea of, uh, of standing up and, you know, and saying something and, and doing something, you know, sometimes people hesitate, you know, I'm not sure, I don't know, I'm embarrassed, do it here. Could we do it quietly? Could we do it privately? Rabbi, do you have to have 10? No, that's not the halakha. You don't have to have 10. You know, I'd rather not have 10. Let's do it quiet upstairs with Elvis and who's ordained online. Right? You understand? Yeah, but, but, but look, you did it the right way. You did it a beautiful way. You brought your friends. You brought the rabbis that influenced you. We have such great rabbis here with us today uh, that we mentioned earlier. Rabbi Sherman, Rabbi Robinson, Rabbi Buchwald, Rabbi Mizrahi. Um, what a wonderful thing uh, to be able to have that influence. And Rabbi Tai, one last thing I want to say. You know where I learned that one word can make such a difference? That one prayer can make such a difference? 
This whole story came about because it happened to be, I decided on that day that Emmanuel was sitting there that I would say this interesting, strange halakha that's not relevant. Normally, you always think, oh, I'm going to say something that's appropriate to everybody. But my feeling is if God thought it was appropriate for us to learn, He knows better than me. And look, God did know better than me. There was someone sitting here who understood that, who needed that. And you know what happened? As soon as you finished speaking, we finished explaining the nature of your pidyon aben, someone walked up from the back of the room and said, you know something? I never had a pidyon aben. Rabbi, could you arrange one for me? Isn't that remarkable? The chain of one good word to one good deed, to one good deed. Rabbi may we be zocheh, to be able to input into this world good words, good deeds that reverberate throughout the societies that we live in, the communities that we live in, and the world that we live in that brings ultimately to enough good to tip the scales to bring Mashiach. Mera v'yamenu. Amen. Amen.